Silly Shelly slapped Sassy Sammy into alternate realities, signed Seriously Psychedelic Shelly. I think we're done with that. Starting to sound somewhat normal. I did do a Crimson Cull Comic Club this past Saturday. So still not wearing the bottom teeth. Got too many bones poking up and teeth, loose teeth parts coming out of the gums so we will get back to trying that as the week goes on and then maybe we'll do some other stuff with it see how the speech is going but i think it's doing all right and this is under the call of ms episode 135 ms deep dives we're just gonna go over a variety of ms stuff that i have written down or found or researched or whatever so uh, get into some spasticity issues because the winter's ending and spring's around the corner well it, spring is here this was first day of spring was this week weekend and my spasticity is still amped up, and we're starting to do some of the yard work. It's not helping. A lot of the muscle spasms and cramping and all that stuff. But so I figure we'll hit this again. Then with spring coming up, next is going to be the gait issues and all that. So spasticity is a hallmark of neurological diseases that affects the central nervous system. Spasticity involves stiffness and or muscle spasms, uh, which are sustained muscle contractions or sudden jerky movements. It can range from a mild feeling of tightness in your muscles to severe, painful, uncontrolled spasms or muscle cramps. It may cause feelings of pain and tightness around your joints and back. And it can be aggravated by external stimuli, such as sudden movements, temperature changes, posi position changes, tight clothing, or infections. I know mine, when I'm trying to sleep at night, I try and stay in the same position all night as much as possible. Because every time I try and move or flip over or whatever, my cramping all over my body just starts to go off then i gotta lay there and either try and fight through it and hope it'll dissipate while i take some dissolving cramp stuff medication and then or it's so severe i gotta jump out of bed instantly and try and work it out or i can't lay there long enough to try and make it dissipate so i have to stand up and work it out Without treatment, spasticity can cause pressure sores, which are open wounds that form because of friction, pain and fatigue, where your spastic muscle is working continuously without any rest, sleep disturbance, restless leg syndrome may be a disturbing feature, joint contracture, or causing joint deformities and difficulties with positioning and pain, ambulation difficulties, 
if the muscles in the back of the legs, the hamstrings, and the muscles in the upper thighs are affected, then the knees and hips are bent and may not be able to straighten. Quadriceps and the muscles in front and inside the upper legs are in spasms. The hips and knees stay straight with the legs closed or crossed over. Additional difficulties with positioning, mobilizing a wheelchair, and transferring to and from beds, toilets, and cars. Gamma aminobutyric acid, GABC, is a neurotransmitter in your nervous system and impulses to and from your nervous system are chemically transmitted by GABA. An absence or deficiency of it allows contractions or spasms to allows contractions or spasms because your nervous system isn't able to send out a message for your muscles to relax. And it's just so weird because it can be any time of the day you don't even have to be doing anything all of a sudden you're sitting there and all of a sudden you'll see muscles in your body just jumping and dancing in your legs and arms where everything seizes up or it's like the other day and i have it all the time but i'm just sitting there i reached behind me to grab something and when i reached behind me all of a sudden my fingers started curling and locking and Doing all these weird positions, my wrist and forearm started to lock up and turn my hand, and I couldn't control it at all. I had to try and grab it with my other hand and open the fingers, but as soon as you let them go, everything twists back. It's just very painful and annoying, and I just don't don't know why it just sets off at some of the weirdest positions. But. After evaluation, a physician will typically recommend physical and occupational therapy to attempt to relax and stretch the muscles. These can frequently help to relieve spasms and reduce pain. However, you must be careful not to overwork the muscles and cause fatigue. Occasionally, splitting and bracing may be beneficial. Oral medication may be recommended as well. The most common are baclofen, tizanidine, diazepam, and dantrolene. I've tried, I think, I remember if I tried diazepam or not. Baclofen I tried and didn't like. Didn't do much anything for my stuff. They just kept increasing it, so. If you got it bad enough, you can get Botulism toxin, Botox, or Dysport has been useful when dealing with focal or localized spasticity, such as clenched fist. Seen usually with strokes. This type of treatment is unfortunately not appropriate for patients with widespread spasticity. Yeah, you'd have to inject a whole shitload of areas if you did that. Body would probably get all numb and puffy. <laughs> Most effective treatment for widespread spasticity will be GABA replacement in the spinal fluid through a baclofen pump. 
because most oral medications will have side effects such as sedation and cognitive changes. Introducing GABA in the spinal fluid will minimize those side effects. I'm not in any thrilling mood to stick anything into my spine, but we'll have to deal with it in the future if it gets that bad. Hopefully not. There's athletes out there and stars and uh, different folks out there from TV and sports and stuff that have MS also. It's just not us. It's widespread. Brian Bickle, he gives back. He's a hockey player. He gives back by sponsoring service dogs for people with MS. Yeah. Hockey player. He's a former hockey player now. He did play for the Chicago Blackhawks in the early 2000s. Professional hockey players skate across the ice at speeds reaching nearly 30 miles an hour, roughly as fast as a horse runs at top speed. Brutal collisions into one another, into the walls around the rink, are a big part of the game. Concussions, along with head, arm, and knee injuries, are common, as are MRIs and trips to the team's doctor's office. So it's easier for them to catch up on something that might be just starting up or whatever instead of waiting for a late diagnosis. But yeah, you can, when they get checked into those boards sometimes, you get, got a guy coming at you full speed and they hit you and smash your head and everything against that glass. It's, I still believe concussions have a big factor in multiple sclerosis, and I'm hoping, I know I'm finally got into another program, but I'm basically trying to get it all set up so I can donate my brain and spine to science, and they can see what's been done throughout my years. Uh, I'm trying to build a what I can for type of uh, uh, different types of concussion style things I've had throughout my life. I've done amateur boxing. I've been a bouncer. I've worked with concerts. I've been beaten and thrown around a lot. I had ski, uh, skiing accidents, uh, severe ones, water skiing that caused me to get knocked out for a good hour or so. And it's like a lot of the, that head trauma and stuff. It's It can cause a lot of issues as we're where we've seen with wrestlers and stuff where they committed suicide and uh, did other things that were mental health issue related so, because of the repeated concussions to the head and skull area. But Brian began his career playing for the Ottawa 67s, a Canadian Hockey League Junior League, drafted by the Blackhawks, 
franchise in 2004. He played on three championship uh, winning teams, the NHL Stanley Cup winning teams in 2010, 2013, and 2015 with the Blackhawks. By 2015, Brian was suffering from a string of physical issues, including dizziness, imbalance, and pain and numbness in his right shoulder, arm, and leg. He experienced fatigue like he'd never known. After he passed out during Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals in June of 2015, he knew something was wrong, though he saw several doctors. Whatever was causing his problems remained a mystery. Surprised I didn't research that more because I remember that that game that was basically about six months after I finally got a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, but I think I was still too too much in the severe depression stage, the don't know what the hell this is and what the hell's happening to me stage, and trying to figure out everything, and I just didn't focus on it enough, but I kind of wish I would have. Uh, the Blackhawks sent him to the minor league American Hockey Leagues in Rockford, Illinois' team twice in June of 2016. He was traded to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Ryan's health and game continued to decline. He played his last game of the year for the Hurricanes in October of 2016, just two weeks before his MS diagnosis. Working together with Brian's doctor, the couple, him and his wife, learned more about MS. Diagnosed with relapse and remitting MS, Brian was prescribed an infusion treatment to help slow progression of the disease. I'm guessing Ocrevus, maybe, since it was that around that period, because I think 2018 is when Ocrevus became more popular. Disease in check, he turned his attention to his family and to giving back. While living in Ontario, the couple adopted Bailey, a five-week-old Staffordshire Terrier, commonly known as a pit bull. Only a few weeks later, the city banned the dogs because of their perceived violent and aggressive nature. Soon, the Bickles learned that Bailey wasn't allowed in dog parks or puppy classes and couldn't even go for a walk unless she was she was muzzled, which is such bullshit. I hate what they did to pit bulls. Uh, they put that stigmentation on them and basically made them be evil because jackasses decided to use turn them into fighting dogs, abuse them in the that system that way. But I've had pits. I've been around. Lots of my friends had pits. I've never had a problem with them. I had a friend that raised pit bulls and wolves. Um, And between the two, I've never had a problem going up to even the angriest ones and dealing with them unless they're set up for an attack mode or something like that. They're just normal dogs. Just get abused by their owners and get trained the wrong way. But yeah, 
After relocating to Chicago in 2012, they learned the city also was planning to ban the dogs. The Bickles decided to take action through Chicago Loves Pits, a citywide campaign meant to raise awareness about the misunderstood dogs. The campaign also sought to create a human-animal bond by pairing pit bull therapy dogs with children victimized by abuse and bullying. It's like they're loyal, good dogs. It's like someone tries to abuse a kid again, dogs are wrong, dog's going to let them know that it's wrong. (laughs) Put them in their place. But of course, then some jackass police officer is going to come and put the dog down because he attacked somebody. Even though the piece of shit attacked the kid first. (laughs) Our world's up this way. It just makes no sense. Brian and Armada Pickle Foundation sprang from the campaign. The foundation began training pitbulls as service dogs for people with MS. No matter what, the couple stays positive in the face of an unpredictable disease. If you want to find out more information about this, uh, go check out B-I-C-K-E-L-L Foundation dot org backslash ms service dogs uh, for more on that and then and dogs are awesome partners they can keep you active keep you motivated keep your health in check a little bit by keeping you in a happier mode they're always happy to see you no matter what and even if you abuse the dogs, they still still sadly care about you. But that's wrong, so don't do that. Take care of the puppers. <laughs> I miss my puppers. But yeah, I had seen lots of puppies lately, and it's driving me nuts because I miss having a dog. I miss going out, you know, to go for rides, and stop and take a walk. Get them out and about, but yeah. The role of service dogs has expanded from guiding the blind to becoming active. Assistance capable of performing an array of tasks for people with disabilities, including people with multiple sclerosis. Specially trained to support the special needs of people with MS. Service dogs can assist with all kinds of everyday everyday tasks, including helping people get in and out of chairs and beds by bracing them for balance, uh, assisting people to to and from the bathroom and shower, picking up items from the floor or ground, opening doors, pulling wheelchairs, pushing elevator buttons. Seeking help when it is needed, like if you fall down or something. Uh, Helping people get dressed and undressed. Turning lights on or off. Providing support after a fall. Fetching smaller items from other rooms. Knowing when its owner is tearing. Then nudging him or her towards a chair or a wall for support. First and foremost, service dogs are trained to 
assist and serve their owners, but in addition to the long list of tasks they help with, their unflagging companionship and love are often invaluable benefits. MS service dogs may be trained by the owner or trainer, by professional trainers, or service dog organizations. Trained service dogs are available from a number of organizations. Though cost to recipients varies, so you got to look into that. If you're interested in obtaining a service dog, expect to complete a needs assessment. And because demand is high, expect a waiting period to qualify for and receive a trained service dog. Uh, here's some organizations. There are good places to start your search for service dogs. You can go to assistancedogsinternational.org, which provides a searchable directory of accredited trainers and training programs by state, region, or country. You can go to My Assistance Dog Incorporated, well, Inc. Org, which provides a list of service dog training resources. You can go to pausewithacause.org, which is the National Education for Assistance Dog Services. Oh, actually, the National Assistance of Dog Services is NEADS.org. And you got K9 Partners for Life, which is K9forlife.org. Yeah, petpartners.org and assistance dog unite united campaign.org, which offers resources. And there's private foundations, which include the Bickle Foundation.org, which we mentioned, and service dog support.org. I'll try to remember to put those links in the show notes for you. Uh, and don't forget to check out uh, Dr. Booster Booster. Uh, his videos on YouTube. He's more information I was listening listening to him talk about was cog fog to treat depression, sleep disorders, exercise, too many meds, do things like that. To, help mellow out your cog fog spasticity talks about how it could be spasms cramps stiff limbs it's cold outside and when your when your body is still is when spasticity can be worse for most people uh, things that are good for spasticity stretching hydrating check for cavities and damaged toenails Aclofen, Botox, Tizanidine are some things that they can offer. I don't know what's up. It's like I lost all my teeth, of course. And I believe it's somewhat MRS related. But people might say otherwise. But I also got toenails that basically split right. Big chunks will just crack and split out of them. All I got to do is catch a piece of carpet or something with the toe or just the lightest thing and it'll just split it. I don't know if that, I'm guessing that might have something to do with best with all this stuff. Uh, 
There's no evidence that a specific diet can prevent, treat, or cure MS. Some sp special diets can actually be harmful to us because they contain too much of certain vitamins and not enough of others. So check with your doctors on those. Like I said, stick with something that testing that uh, where you find out what helps you and what harms you more. Uh, balanced, low fat and high fiber. Diet is a basically good start. Stay away from processed foods, of course. Diets, low in saturated fats, and use omega-3 fatty acids. Limit your alcohol. Uh, limit animal-based fats. Instead, use more fish and nut-based fats. They're better, like olive oil, avocado oil, almond butter. They're all rich in omega-3s. Vitamin D, vitamin B12, vitamin B7, which is biotin, which we're recently learning more about. Vitamin H, which I will be doing some more research in the future because that's another new one I'm hearing more about. Skipping meals may be bad. Intermittent fasting may be good or vice versa. You never know. You got to see how your body reacts to it. But if you are doing intermittent fasting, just make sure you're getting some protein and stuff in your uh, meal times so your body gets the things it needs. Don't just eat crap when you do eat that little bit of time. Um, with some intermittent fasters, they feel this is their diet mode. And when they eat, they can eat whatever they want. Well, it's still not going to be good for your body. So depression and steroids can cause weight gain. Focus on anti-inflammatory foods. Check if gluten messes with you. Build a diet around your body that where your body feels better after eating things and feels funky. Take that shit off the list. Eliminate it. Uh, let's see. That's good for MS today. I think we'll end this with uh, some more things that they found in people's butts back in 1986. These will be collections of items. Not recommend trying this. <laughs> now do this to yourself. I don't know why these people did do these things. I'd love to hear stories with most of them. But <clears throat> Let's see. In 1986, collections of items that were found by doctors in people's butts were two glass tubes, a 72 and a half inch jeweler's saws, or no, 72 and a half jeweler's saws. Holy cow. Talk about a rectal cleaning. An oil can with a potato stopper. <sighs> A piece of wood and a peanut. That's quite the combination. Had a peanut stuck in your butt, so you used a piece of wood to try and get the peanut out, and then the piece of wood stuck in there, maybe. <laughs> An umbrella handle, handle and enema tubing. Guessing again, someone lost their enema tubing in their butt, so they took their umbrella trying to get it out. They got the handle stopped. <laughs> uh, two glasses. Phosphorus, a bunch of phosphorus match ends. I 
what the hell are you thinking there? I mean, you, you're walking all of a sudden the match tips rub together and ignite in your ass. <laughs> and then you fart and blow your eyes. <laughs> Uh, 402 stones. I mean, some of these got to appear on the, in the, what you call a Guinness Book of World Records things. <laughs> or were they too embarrassed to tell the Guinness Book of World Records after a whole hospital found out about a toolbox? I mean, come on. I mean, what size toolbox was this? <laughs> Did you cut it up in the pieces or <clears throat> have all the tools inside? <laughs> Person that's stuck it in his ass a tool. All right. Uh, two bars of soap. At least they're cleaning out the insides there. A beer glass and a preserving pot. Not sure what a preserving pot looks like. Ouch. Lemon. And a cold cream jar, two apples, and eyeglasses, suit. This is all together in one eyeglasses, suitcase key, tobacco pouch, and a magazine. They're going on a trip. Then in 1987, a guy did a concrete enema. <laughs> Ouch. That's going to harden, and you're going to be having fun taking that out. All right, that's it for today. Be good to yourself, be good to others. <laughs> Take care of everybody around you and kick the shit out of the monster, and I'll talk to you again soon.